0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading.
1: Okay, here we go. Hebrews chapter 13. Let me just mention that the last verse in chapter 12 says, for our God is a consuming fire. So, He's telling us we need to live right before the Lord. We need to serve him. We need to respect God as our, uh, not only savior, but the righteous judge as well. So let's now jump into this chapter. He says, our God is a consuming fire. Verse Verse one, let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. So he starts off saying, let brotherly love continue. And then he says, don't forget to entertain strangers. He's talking about being hospitable. He's talking about being uh, compassionate toward other people. But then he mentions, he said that some people in just being compassionate to strangers who have a need, that some people unwittingly or unknowingly were actually conversing and helping angels. Now, that doesn't mean that angels needed the help, but angels often in the Bible appeared and looked like men. There are seraphim, cherubim, there are other angelic type beings, but often in the Bible, they would look like human beings. Angels would. And so this says that angels can be among us and we don't even know who they are. I don't ever remember personally seeing an angel, but that doesn't mean I haven't, doesn't mean you haven't. Because the Bible says we can unknowingly, unwittingly entertain angels, converse with angels. And if you're helping a stranger, you may be helping an angel, or at least you think you're helping somebody. Angels wouldn't really need your help, at least not with provisions and such. But I tell you what, when the angel came to Cornelius, Cornelius, he told him, send for Simon And he'll come and speak words that you need to hear. So the angel needed Simon to come and preach the gospel because the angels are not sent to preach the gospel. We are. See, so angels uh, do receive help from us in those kinds of ways. All right. Verse three. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. So you think about the Apostle Paul, and he may have written this book. Some people say he did. Some people say he didn't. But someone in that situation, likely, who had been or was in prison, and you can imagine feeling forgotten in prison. And like the other brothers and sisters in the Lord have forgotten your sacrifice for the kingdom of God and you've been thrown into prison for preaching the gospels and they're not mailing you any letters, they're not providing any of your needs. And so here, God, through his writer here, says, remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Well, you would be very sensitive to their needs as if you were chained with them. So he says, remember them that way, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. And then he switches gears and he begins to talk about marriage and sexual things. He says marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. So God is making very clear here what he does in many places is that God condones. In fact, he invented and designed sexual things to happen between a married couple, a man and a woman. But he says fornicators and adulterers. Fornication is people that are engaging in sexual activity, but not within their marriage, not within marriage and adultery. Well, that could mean that you're married, but engaging in sexual activity outside of your marriage, or you're engaging in sexual activity with a married person or both. See, that's adultery, but notice it says marriage is honorable and the bed. What's the sexual things happening in the marriage bed is undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So you can see here, thank God for grace, but God is going to judge sin. And he makes it very clear in a number of passages that people who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse five, let your conduct be without covetousness. What is covetousness? That's I want, I want, I want materialism, materialism. Uh, I'm not satisfied with what I have. I need more. And so I live with this discontentment. And so let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, just think about that. If God's with us, I mean, we should never be discontent. Uh, That's an immaturity if we are. And we need to address it and say, wait a minute, I should always be thankful to the Lord. I have eternal life. Even if this life was horrible, I've got the next life. That's the way our attitude should be. And then we don't expect just everything in this life to be exactly what our flesh wants. And then when God blesses us, when he answers our prayers, we're grateful and thankful. So he goes on to say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? See, so God is our helper. He's our provider. He takes care of all of our needs. He's our healer, our deliverer. Verse seven, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. So notice, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you. We're talking about pastors, teachers, ministers, whom God has placed you under. He says, remember them and consider the outcome of their conduct. Consider uh, what's going to happen because of them giving their lives the way that they do to minister the word of God. And then he says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same way Jesus Christ would have treated somebody with that conduct yesterday is the way he will treat them today, is the way he'll treat them tomorrow. But this also could apply that, well, Jesus saved people when he was here on earth, and that means he'll save people today, and he'll be willing to save people tomorrow as long as before he comes back with the judgment, people are accepting salvation. Jesus healed when he was here on earth. Jesus will heal today. Jesus will heal tomorrow. He's the same. He's the same person. He wants the same thing, does the same thing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's compassionate yesterday, today, and forever, etc. Verse nine, do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. It's so easy to get off on something. And that's why you have to be, careful that you don't think you got something new that uh, none of your teachers know about and you're going to take that ride. Well, that ride, that roller coaster that you're taking may not end up back where you started. It may take you off somewhere that you'll never get back. And so he said, uh, do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. What do you do? Well, Stay under your leaders that God puts you under so they can help guide you. It says, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied uh, with them. So our flesh is craving things. Yes, food in the natural, but also knowledge. Knowledge the food of knowledge. Our flesh craves things, so you have to be careful that your flesh doesn't eat junk food, not only physical food, but intellectual food, spiritual food, junk. Stuff that tastes good, looks good, but it's not pure. It's not healthy. It's not good for your mind. Verse 10 we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are buried outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. See, those sacrifices in the Old Testament uh, for sin, those were types or shadows or... uh, Uh, pictures of the real sacrifice of the Lord Jesus who was to come. And Jesus died on a cross outside of the city gate of Jerusalem. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp bearing his reproach. In other words, don't try to stay protected from the reproach that is required to live for the Lord. He went through reproach. He went through embarrassment to do his assignment, and we're going to have to suffer embarrassment. We can't hide our Christianity. We can't hide our faith, hide our allegiance to Jesus. And uh, trying to avoid persecution, we should understand though we're not looking for persecution. We're not trying to provoke persecution. But on the other hand, uh, we have to live for the Lord. Paul said to Timothy, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So uh, this says we should be willing to bear the reproach of Jesus by carrying his message, carrying his name, carrying his love and truth. Verse 14, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. In other words, we have no future here on earth. Our future is with God. Our future is eternal life. This is all coming to an end here on earth. Therefore, by him, notice this, therefore, by Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It's a sacrifice to praise God when you don't feel like it. It's a sacrifice to lift your hands when you don't feel like it. It's a sacrifice to sing out, to worship God when you don't feel like it. And notice it says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer. In other words, we have a high priest in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you go go through sacrifices to sing, to speak blessing to God, to lift your hands, to kneel down and whatever you're doing that's uncomfortable, when you do that, then the Lord notices your sacrifice. He receives your sacrifice, turns right around and offers that before Father God. On our behalf, including the fruit of our lips, praising God. It goes on to say, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Notice here's another sacrifice: to do good things for people and to share with people. These are sacrifices that are well pleasing to God. Verse 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So he's telling us, look, those people that God puts you under spiritually, obey them and be submissive. Those are two different things. Obedience is the action, but submission is the heart attitude. Some people obey, but they'll complain about it. Their heart's not right. Other people will Uh, be submitted, but they don't get around to obeying. Obey those who rule over you. Not that they're supposed to control every little decision that we ever make. No, but they're trying to guide us. It says, obey them and be submissive as those who are looking out for your souls, as those who must give account. Your overseers are going to have to give an account of how they helped you or tried to help you to uh, live right before the Lord. It says, let them do that. Let them guide you with joy and not with grief. Don't be a pain. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. Be humble, be easy to correct. Why? Because if you're not that way, that would be unprofitable for you. You're missing out on the blessing of leadership that God has given you. Verse 18, pray for us for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. But I especially urge you, to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. So here's somebody, this may be Paul, this may be Barnabas, this may be somebody else, but this person wants to come back to them, then it seems like they may be in prison and not able to come at the time. Verse 20, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, I just love this language, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Not only did God send his son Jesus to save you and to make a covenant with you with his blood and all of that, but God's still working in you to help you, to strengthen you, to help you to want to do right. So invite him to do that. Invite him to help you and to strengthen you. And he wants to. Verse 22, and I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words, 13 chapters is a few words compared to what he and the Holy Spirit could have said. Verse 23, know that our brother Timothy has been set free with whom I shall see you if he comes shortly. Uh, And so verse 24, greet all those who rule over you And all the saints, those from Italy, greet you. Grace be with you all. Amen. So you can see the love, the compassion that this writer has. I want to be with you. I want to see you. I look forward to seeing you. But remember, this is not just written by a human author. The Holy Spirit was inspiring this. This is God telling us, I long to be with you. I long to fellowship with you face to face. I long to have you with me at the end of the age. This is the Lord showing us His love and His compassion for us and saying, live right so we can be together forever and ever. Our God is a good God.
0: Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give.